I think we spent like two minutes discussing Brooklyn Nine Nine in this podcast. Should we like reclassify this as just a conversation podcast? <laughs> We've been having that. You know, I don't know. Maybe. I mean, it's. This is probably a conversation you and I should have, like, at another time. But, like, I don't know. I, mean, I need to sit and, like, audit my feelings about the show. Because I'm not sure how I feel about it. Do you want to, like, mute for a little while? I'm sorry? Like, I mean, I still like this show. But I don't know if it's worth podcasting about right now. Yeah, I kind of... I have no idea what our, what our, like, levels of engagement with the community are or anything like that. I don't know how engaged the community is, because I don't pay attention to that sort of thing, but I don't feel like we're prioritizing this podcast. I mean, a big part of it is just, like, our real lives are so crazy right now. Especially mine, because I, like, did the move, and my job is really intense, and it's, like, brand new job, you know? Yeah. And the forms of media I mostly care about consuming have shifted since we started this. This is the only sitcom I'm watching. Yeah, yeah, I was watching... I still like it, but it I don't... Sitcoms don't matter to me very much right now. Yeah, I think I was watching more sitcoms when I was watching this. And then all my sitcoms either got cancelled or are, like, on hiatus or whatever. And I'm also, like, behind on all of my TV because my set-top box got lost. This move has really fucked me up, man. And now I just watch anime and wrestling. (laughs) It does make it a little harder to talk about the larger television landscape. Yeah, I mean, something might be happening. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think... Well, I I do think we and I probably should sit down and talk about that. Maybe not in this podcast, but like in this... Yeah, we don't put this outward facing. We also... I will say, though, like even with us being irresponsible, me being irresponsible at the editing and posting and everything, we still have a sizable audience. Like it's not insignificant. It's smaller than it was at our peak when we were really on. I definitely think... A combination of, like, our interest shifting plus, like, season two not being engaging enough for us after how much potential season one had going out, like, really impacted not only my level of engagement with the show, but also, like, I don't know. Things change. I also think that, like, as I've listened to more podcasts, I've become kind of skeptical of the idea of, like, a weekly, like, focused on something the size of a 30-minute episode of television podcast? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think a part of it is also, like, this was created, at least from my perspective, um, as a reaction to just not having a good way to have, like, a threaded, long-form conversation about the show when I wanted to have one. The problem is not every week warrants that kind of conversation. We could theoretically shift the format to like a once in a while check in on a few episodes, talk about where the show has been going over the last month or so, talk about where we think it's going and also like, our other media feelings since last time we talked have it be longer and more meaningful each time we do it. Yeah. I would... And not just like, cause we're like kind of necessarily restricted to knee jerk. Oh, it's going well. It's going badly. What's going on things right now. Mm-hmm. We don't get to have a lot of perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think more substantive is more useful. I'm not sure that weekly, is as useful as substantive if what we're putting out is just like I don't know a really talky blog post yeah I also I was also thinking about this like we're not professional TV critics so we're like if we were we would be doing this wrong you know what I mean yeah yeah I'd be down to like shifting this to being like a once a month format podcast where like we just kind of at the end of the month, we kind of look back at the three or four episodes that have come by 
that month if there have been episodes or we just do like a check-in with each other and be like hey what have you been hearing mm-hmm. that'd be i'd actually be really down for that or like what have you been seeing what conversations have been coming up it also means though that like Sorry, you're kind of breaking up i'm not quite sure what you just said oh uh is this is this helpful yeah yeah uh I said I'd be down to like switch it to once a month or whatever and kind of like look back at the episodes that have come out and sort of talk about them sort of in a in a single run. I also think if we did that, though, you and I would both need to be a little uh, I at least would have to be more responsible for myself about like noting down interesting Tumblr posts that I get sent or noting down talking points that I think of like on the bus, you know. Right. So, like, I think the once a month format means we both have to prepare a little bit more. On the other hand, it's a lo- overall, like, a lesser time commitment for both of us in the long term. Yeah. I don't really know what I think. Like, of the podcasts I listen to, the only one that's kind of focused on reviewing a single piece of media each episode is so, like, there's a podcast I listen to that, like, kind of talks about a video game each episode, but also talks about, like, a million other things, and, like, the two guys on it spend the whole time, like, jokily, weirdly flirting. So, like, they have an energy that we can't hope to match. I mean, we kind of, I also think, a couple people have mentioned this to me, like, our our vibe is different now that we're not in the same room. Crazy. Yeah, I mean, podcasts with remote correspondence are worse they're a lot of they're, they're, they're just worse. Yeah, they really are. I mean, we've, we've like, because I edit them, right? Like, we're doing okay, all things considered. Um, it took us a few episodes to get our sort of, like, our rhythm back. But we're doing okay. It's just not, it's like 80% where we used to be 100%. Maybe. I don't know. I, I, do, I do like the idea of dialing it back to once a month, not just because my job is super demanding, but also because, like, my job isn't, like, hugely, like, time-demanding, but it is quite, like, kind of, I don't know. It's mentally and emotionally I mean, demanding. Right, right now, I don't feel like I'm doing a lot, but I do feel quite worn out. And that's mostly just because, like, the year's about to be over, thank God. Yeah. Yeah, and I, that's big, that's a big part of it, too. Like, you and I will be going on vacation, the show will be going on hiatus for a while soon. Like... All these things are coming, so we yeah. Let's after this, let's let's just sw- dial it back to once a month. I think that's probably for the best for both of our sanities, as well as for like after what after this episode that like we're recording. Sure. Yeah, and then we'll just dial it back. Well, is there one next week? I think the next week. Fuck it, I don't care. There's we'll, a Thanksgiving episode. I don't know if it's before or after. It doesn't matter. Like. We'll just record later in December, and we'll just cover a bunch of episodes at the same time. Like, unless something really massive, interesting, and landmark happens. I mean, Terry's baby is coming, but, like, this episode is probably the most important as far as, like, things, plot lines that we actively are tracking. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, I care about Terry's baby, but not as much as I am frustrated by how Jake and Amy are shaking out. Although I feel less frustrated upon rewatch, but we can talk about that. Um, So I'm okay with kind of putting off our next episode until like the holidays, whichever ones they are. Okay. Cause like their Christmas episode is episode 10, which will probably air what December, like around December 10th. I do not know. Something like that. I don't know. Welcome to Back in the Field. My name is Carl. And my name is Arthi. And today we were talking about The Mattress. When I heard the title of this, I thought it had something to do with going to the mattresses. I know. I really... Crime stuff. I kind of wish this had been about that and not like a literal mattress. But 
you know. Meth- Although that would mean that it was about an incredibly vicious escalation of a gang war. <laughs> well, it could have been about like an escalation of some type, maybe not necessarily directly related to gang violence. That's a little bit abstract. Uh, well, this show also tends to be very literalist about its titles. Yeah. Uh, it was always going to be about a mattress. I know. I know. Um, so I, today is Wednesday when we're recording. This morning I put out the episode I was supposed to put out last Friday. Um, not, things have not been great, Carl. <laughs> what? I've not been very good about putting out the episodes on time. I feel kind of bad. Yeah, I don't know. Um, well, I'm going to keep trying to be better about it, but, you know, if wishes were horses or whatever. Um, well, it's not working out, like, this time, because I'm not going to be editing it before, I don't know, Saturday or Sunday. I think, I think I'm just going to edit it. Oh? Yeah, I think I'll take it. Okay, well. Well, I'm I'm working from home tomorrow, so I sort of end up with two bonus hours because my of not commuting. Yeah, exactly. So I I can take it. Um. Okay. Yeah. So it's fine. Um. Hey. So this is all stuff we should definitely be deciding on air. Oh yeah, hundred hundred percent. Uh, but uh, things we should be deciding on air is uh, hey Carl, what happened in this episode? Do I get to decide that? Yes, you do. Okay. Uh, I swear I watched the episode. Uh, what happened in this episode? Um, in the A-plot, uh, Jake and Amy work a drug case together to find a new drug called Taxi. But bubbling under the surface is Amy's uh, physical and emotional discomfort with jake's mattress and his refusal to buy a new mattress which ruins their case and threatens to ruin their romance uh in the b plot um in the b plot boyle accidentally well boyle gets pissed at holt for parking his car across one and a half parking spaces one of which is boyle's parking space and then um scratches his car and almost gets murdered before Gina saves the day. And in the C-plot, Terry continues to underestimate ballerinas, and is kind of a pig about it, Um, but does sort of prevent Rosa from permanently burning the bridge with her little brother, as in big brother, little brother thing, Uh, and maybe killing him too. So not much killing happened this episode. Oh, also, Jake and Amy figure it out, and he buys a mattress. Yes. Go team. (laughs) Yes, okay. Go team romance. (laughs) I, okay, I have a lot of opinions about the Jake-Amy plotline, but I want to get to them last, because I suspect they'll be, like, me ranting for 15 minutes. P.S. If I sound garbage, it's because I'm kind of sick, so... It's what I get for trying to do something crazy. I I did a day trip to San Francisco on Sunday, and I I definitely went in an airport. Aren't you in L.A.? I am in L.A., yeah. Isn't that six hours? It was a 70-minute flight. <laughs> uh, uh, wait, you, you, you day tripped a flight? Yeah, I, t- I flew. Arthi, that's crazy bad for the planet. I <laughs> I know, I know. I was the most... Arthur, you're basically a war criminal. It was the most rich people thing I've ever done. And I'm a little bit ashamed, but it was worth it. Arthur, in a hundred years, the amount of jet fuel you used will be enough to start a small war. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Well, I, I did this, and there's no helping it now. It's in the past. But I did this. You could learn from what you've done. Well, I'm not planning on doing this again. It was a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. By the way, Sunil Patel says hi. Oh, hey, Sunil. <laughs> We've met in person once. You've never listened to this podcast. <laughs> he might now. He likes the show. He might have listened to the other podcast, but 
You might have listened to the other podcast I was on. I don't know. I hope some of our listeners listen to that one. It's a good one. It is. I talk about Brooklyn Nine-Nine on it, so you should go listen to it. Although there's nothing I haven't said here about 150 times. <laughs> I, what was I going to say? Oh, well, I went up to San Francisco, and because I flew, I definitely caught the plane cold. Ah. Uh. So, it probably didn't help that I was like, I woke up at like 5 in the morning. I like went to bed at like midnight. Like, I didn't sleep enough. I didn't drink enough water. I didn't anything enough. So, also, you're now being haunted by the ghost of a baby triceratops. Yes, that there is that. I forgot. Thank you. I, it was really easy to forget about her in the corner, just snarling at me. But now you reminded you me. Use me for a day trip. <laughs> oh my God, Carl! What is even happening? Okay, mm. let's work backwards. So let's start with the C plot. Okay. Um, Stop underestimating ballet. Yeah, seriously. I love her. Like, Terry goes, don't, don't, like, what is it? He's like, don't be too afraid. She was a ballerina. And the guy goes, haha. And she goes, it gave me the physical skills I need to, like, to strangle you with my feet. Yep. Yeah. Apparently, strong feet is a thing you can have, so I wouldn't mess. Uh, Terry was uh, Terry had his heart in the right place for some of this episode but man dude lay off the ballet especially just because you spent your time getting buff due to like you know high impact high speed ball based man wrestling (laughs) doesn't make you a more legitimate athlete than her also like most football players end up taking ballet as a conditioning exercise anyway. What? Yeah. You got to be kidding me. I'm not joking. Most football players end up taking They don't have they don't have even moderately compatible body types. Something, I mean, because the 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 nature of football has become about a lot of like rapid um the game has gotten faster is sort of how sports people talk about it. So football players to remain agile and and continue to have like the sort of long length of muscles that they need to do those kinds of movements end up conditioning with ballet as in a it's a support it's um how do you say it's a it's a supportive activity that they do like they do it in addition to their training I see huh yeah so you mean they do like bar workouts? Yeah, they'll do a bar workout or the like what you and I would think of as a bar workout they'll do, which is sort of like a low level. They basically end up doing like what the the first couple years of ballet course as like their conditioning and strength. Huh. Um, yeah, it's like a Pilates bar kind of situation. But the, the larger point here is that Terry has no leg to stand on. If Terry were a serious football player, he would have been doing ballet courses. You're dumb about this, dude. Also, don't don't laugh about her pink hair. Like the most deadly female wrestler in in the NXT has bright pink hair, and she could murder you. I ever I recommend everyone go like type into your search bar WWE Oscar A S U K A Murder Princess. Oh my god, deadly warrior! Wait, she I didn't know that. What? I didn't know that, that she has pink hair. How did I miss that? I, did I, I showed you one of her matches, right? <laughs> or did I not? I think you showed me, like... I, you may have shown me, like, her, her profile. And I just... How did I miss that she had pink hair? God. You might have seen an old picture of her as Kana when she was... She wrestled in Japan as Kana. Um, and she I think she had red hair then. Oh, yeah. But, like, I'll send you a picture of her in her ring gear. Yeah? Ignore this is at from HAWTcelebs.com. Not my fault. <laughs> Nothing to shake it. I wonder if that was a reference to... Didn't Stephanie Beatrice, like, pink her hair over the summer? I don't know. Okay, cool. I don't have Insta. <laughs> cool. 
cool, cool, cool. Also, I'm never going to say Insta again. <laughs> I will go into the grave not using that term again. <laughs> what about Finsta, the new, the new thing, which is people creating fake Instagram accounts full of inside jokes? What? There's this new trend called Finstagram, which is short for fake Instagram, where people make Instagram accounts for them to uh, basically put on personas or start inside jokes with just their friends. Nope. Too much work. I agree. I don't if my friend, if my friends want to be friends with me, they can do it in a normal fucking way. I'm not going on a Snapchat either. I honestly don't understand it. Uh, I got a Snapchat recently. It's partially because um, my my job is a it, one of the one of the competitors for my app is is Snapchat. So I need to learn how to use it. And I actually, I don't know, me and me and Romantic Styles have been Snapchatting each other. It's kind of great. Hey, if you guys want to be friends with me on Snapchat, um, I'm the same as my Twitter and Tumblr handles, Arthid, uh, Arthid. You should add me. I'll, uh... Whereas I am an old man yelling at a cloud. <laughs> well, I used to be an old Snapchat lady. Snapchat is the first like social media platform of my life that I've looked at and been like, I cannot understand you. I don't know what you're for. I don't know why people like you. I will never learn why people like you. Goodbye. <laughs> that that was me and that was me honestly that that is me in a lot of things still i don't understand kick i don't understand vine and what kick k-i-k i don't even know i don't even know that that's the thing yeah there's so many and i don't understand so many of them the children are the children are are vast and complicated there are so many of them children I don't understand what kick is. I'm looking at it and it's just G-chat. I got nothing. I can't help you. Is it just G-chat? Shrug emoji? I really don't know. Is G-chat not good enough anymore? (laughs) Google's so square, man. I mean, they are trying to turn to Hangouts, which they'll pry my fingers off G-chat when they're cold and dead. Or when they make it completely obsolete in two years. So I I felt that way for a long time. I really hate using Hangouts inside Gmail. But Hangouts.google.com is actually a great interface. I mean, that's where I go when I need to do, like, video calls or something. Except that I used to just go to Google+. But the new Google+, removed the, like, Hangouts bar. So there's now... No reason for me to go to Google+. Unless you are part of the Internet Minecraft community, but that is a whole other podcast. <laughs> I am not. Um, well, then, I don't, I don't really have a lot to say about the B and C plots, then, frankly. What were we talking about before? We were talking about ballet. <laughs> we were talking um, about... And pink hair. I... I got some positive feeling out of the fact, in the B plot, out of the fact that, like, Gina is very, very supportive of Charles. Like, she wants him to grow a backbone, and she's like, there's a great shot where, like, Holt bends down to look at Gertie, and, like, it is revealed that Gina has been, like, leaning on Charles' shoulder, and she's taller than him. That's (laughs) a great shot. (laughs) I still ship them. I still ship them. You, me, and 40 million years. God, she emailed me this morning, and she was like, I still ship them. I'm like, I do too. It's it's the ship that shouldn't have died. I know, and I can't believe they just squandered that so fast. Yeah, I might come back. Who knows? Um, the, the thing I like about the B-plot, really, though, is that it surprisingly ends up being very critical to the A-plot. You're right. I thought that was, I thought that was deft. That was, that was really deft. And, and by the way, this is the same person who wrote The Bet. This is Lauren McCreary. The Bet? The, the writer of this episode also wrote The Bet. Okay. Um, so just like a bit of like factoid, but it was, um, 
It was really nice. I did like that the car ended up playing like a at least an anecdotal role in both. Like the car was important in both plot lines in different ways. And I, that was you're right. That was that was really cool to see. I didn't expect that. I definitely was thinking about how like Holt Holt is sort of involved in two out of the three plot lines for the episode. And how I couldn't remember the last time that it happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I liked that. I liked that a lot. Um, I think I honestly think like that's a really good way to use the Holt character um, now that he's back in a position of authority. Like, yes, sometimes he should be involved in the shenanigans of the precinct or whatever. And yes, he should sometimes like, you know, commentate and act as sort of like either the the like uh, in what do you call it? The person that like uh, an enabler of like the shenanigans and not always as the wet blanket, but like right. In this case, I I thought like keeping him firmly as the authority figure and kind of leaning into sort of the pit and pratfalls as well as the upsides of that were really really well done. He was kind of moderately on board. Like he did face mooshing booties. <laughs> um, I and I liked how Jake and Amy had the same emotional level in response to that. Yes. Um, but, and he tried to, he wanted to get his pencil case to solve the, the cipher. <laughs> but in general, yeah, he was just there to be reasonable about the situation. Yeah. Yeah. I, so, I have been very vocal on the podcast, at least, about being like, I really want a, a lot of things that this plot line was were things that I wanted, but there were specific things that I, at least on first watch, didn't feel like were anything that I wanted. In fact, felt like the opposite of what I wanted. Um, I guess, so we got an anonymous ask. I don't know if you saw. Um and it's okay if you didn't, but it was basically just like, why is everyone really ragging on Amy? Uh, she says that she's scared. It makes total sense for her to be sort of, um, how do you say, cautious in their relationship? And... Uh, well, we'll get to my thoughts on that. Okay. I, I have... I've been saying for... Okay, I I recognize that some of this is me imposing my own values onto a fictional relationship that I'm not involved with. But I also recognize that, like, the pedigree that the show comes from, you know? Like, this comes... This is this is a show that's directly related to Parks and Rec, and ignoring that is is not a good idea either. So, like, I guess my problem is, like, the same thing that I've been saying since... Jesus, the funeral? Like, the anonymous ask was asking, like, why are people basically saying that Amy is less committed? And I liked that Jake says that to her. He's like, I'm not the one who's, like, not all in here. Like, it's you. Um, and he says that she's the, she's not told her mom about him. And I just, kept thinking about how like that seemed to reinforce my own feeling like it outside of the precinct does anyone in amy's life know that she's dating jake like it and if they don't that comes across as she's ashamed of dating him you know i um i i guess like i don't think i agree and and that's okay because i do need someone to argue back on me on this especially because like my big feeling is that the the thing that got the things that got me on rewatch were that like I do feel like I'm definitely over I'm over be I'm being more negative to Amy than I should be which is which is totally a thing I'll admit and accept and sort of like be willing to sort of you know check check myself about but the other thing that got me is I was watching the um when they come back into for act three and uh, 
Amy comes out of Holt's office and Jake goes in and that's when Holt tells him the story of the of Gertie, of how Gertie, like why Gertie exists and how Holt feels about him, about the car and like sort of the situation with Kevin when he when Kevin was upstate. And I just kept thinking, like, he didn't tell Amy that story. Like the way she walks out of that meeting, it's super clear he doesn't tell Amy that story. And it feels like the show keeps being like, well, Jake has to keep being demonstrative of his emotions. And I'm just like, I don't, I think it's Amy's turn to do something big. Like, it's her turn to, like, sort of do to, like, like, she does a, she does that, she says she's going to do that in the car, which is a really big and important step. Um, My problem with it is just that, like, we have literally seen but we've literally been shown Jake putting his heart on the line with her. And I don't feel like we've seen her do that for him or with him. And, you know, I don't, I just think about Leslie and Ben and how they, there's that great Tumblr post that's like where they would, Leslie and Ben kept turning to each other and saying, you know, here are your dreams. I hold them in my hand. I'm giving them to you. Like, you deserve this. There's nothing more in this world than I, I want than for you to have have all these things that you dream about. And I just feel like I couldn't. And, and yes, that dynamic isn't every relationship. And yes, Jake and Amy aren't that dynamic the way Leslie and Ben were. But that bit of Leslie and Ben has, I wanted that to carry over the way certain bits of Jim and Pam carried over into Leslie and Ben. And I kind of don't think they are I don't think that would be right for them because they're really not Leslie and Ben I agree neither of them are either of those people I don't think they're particularly close I so I don't know I mean I will say that there was one thing that really bothered me in this episode, which was when Amy was like, you're not willing to make a sacrifice for this relationship. That's a stupid thing to have her say. Yeah. Because you had like three episodes about this. Like <laughs> Jake, Jake got fired. Basically. Like, fuck off. Um... <laughs> When you're angry, you say things you don't mean, but also, like, that wasn't at a point when she was particularly angry. Like, that wasn't at the highest peak of emotions. At the highest peak of emotions, they were talking about, like, Orangina or something, right? Right. And that wasn't fair of her to say, but also, like, it's such a blatant misrepresentation of the episodes that are previous that it's kind of like, did you forget what the show's about? <laughs> I think that's I think you're hitting on exactly what what makes me like upset like okay fine I can accept that they're not Leslie and Ben I can't accept that I said this before but like I constantly feel like the first sign of trouble Amy's like I'm out Well so it's not that I think that Amy has a lot of grounds to be hurt here because her recommending to Jake that that like he make this big purchase so that she can like sleep at his apartment is a it's roundabout, but it's a fairly large sign of commitment. Like because of, um, relationships are are reciprocal, asking him to do something like that is a sign that you're pretty serious about a relationship. Um, because it's putting you out there and we see that she suffers for asking for that. Yes, it's not her giving up something, but it is, but it is kind of her giving up a kind of on a, like, it's her crossing a line, right? Mm. Beyond that, like, the fact that she hasn't told her mother yet... I'm sure that's what a lot, most people are most mad about, right? I 
I don't I don't know because I kind of haven't been on Tumblr about it because my life is insane. Well, how do you feel about that? I the fact that she doesn't tell her mother. It's it's the one two thing of like the she doesn't tell her mom and she's at Jake's place enough that like that she's demand like she thinks she feels like he should get a new mattress. Um, when like I don't know the last couple of guys I dated they just always came over to my place and part of that was because I lived by myself but as far as we know Amy lives by herself so shrug like. I don't know. I guess like it's like the one, the easiest solution here is just always be at your own place, Amy. And two, like you haven't told your mom. I guess like it just it was the one two thing of like, why are you always at his place? And like, why haven't you told your mom? Is it because you don't want your neighbors to know that you're dating this guy? Is it because you don't want anyone in your life to know you're dating this guy? Because that's the that's the only reason I wouldn't have invited someone over to my place is that I wouldn't want my neighbors or people I thought were judging me to know that I was dating a specific person. I don't think that's so. I've been in a situation that's pretty analogous to this episode. Okay. Uh, I've been in Jake's shoes specifically. <laughs> Um, like, I was in a relationship that, like, felt quite serious at the time, and it took, uh, a much longer time for the woman in the relationship to tell her parents that we were dating than it took me, because I, like, called my parents up the next, like, week or something, like, as soon as it was official, because I'm, like, a putz. And I feel for Jake. But her justification, like, I felt emotionally that, oh, it's because she's trying to hide me. But I knew that wasn't really what it was about. And what it was about was what Amy says, which is that I don't want to have conversations about it with her. Because, like, having to have conversations... Like, if having to have conversations with your parents about significant others is annoying to you, because, like, maybe those don't always go well, mm-hmm. regardless of how great the partner is, mm-hmm. maybe that's a pressure you don't want to put on a relationship right away. It doesn't have to have anything to do with whether you think like the guy is good enough. It's it's all about like it's all about controlling the content of the conversation with the parents. Which I a hundred percent get and like am on board with. I mean, for fuck's sake, my conservative Indian parents don't hear about anyone I'm dating unless it's like really serious and most of the time they hear about it several weeks after the fact. Like, I dated a guy for like two months, almost two and a half months, and they didn't hear about it until three weeks after we broke up. So, like, I get that. Because especially with my parents, it would... Telling them about my boyfriend would have turned into, when are you getting married? Yeah, like... Amy's in a situation where her mom's trying to get her hooked up with guys called Gary. I think the fact that he's named Gary is plot significant. Like, I think that her mother is probably pretty desperate for her only daughter to get married. And who knows how many of her her brothers have already gotten married? Right. I mean, those and these are all things that I would be a hundred percent willing to accept. If I didn't already have doubts about sort of Amy's buy-in, right? So that, honestly, that might be the thing that breaks them up this time. And it wouldn't necessarily be her fault. Because when I think about it over the course of the last couple of episodes, Jake has, like facetiously said they were in love twice. Yeah. 
to cover an argument and once tried to like win an argument by pretend proposing to her <laughs> and that's very emotionally irresponsible well especially because this is this is i was actually thinking about this too and i was like the pro- all the other problem is that we have a couple of their previous relationships directly in the canonical text to compare to. Yeah, like their relationship is much more mutual than Jake's relationship with Sophia was, mm-hmm. and much more intense than Amy's relationship with. Uh, Teddy <laughs> was. But, like, that's the thing, though. Jake and Sophia starts out super mutual. Yeah, but they start out super mutual at a really low engagement level. Right. and But that's what I'm saying, though, is that, like, the course of their relationship, and they were dating for, like, three months or whatever, so it's, like, not exactly... I can't exactly, like, read into it too deeply, but, like, the the thing that Jake says in this episode, which is... I'm worried you'll figure out that you're Orangina and I'm Orange Soda. Never came up with Sophia, a high-powered attorney. Yeah, I mean, but he didn't respect her job. <laughs> there is that, yes. You're right, you're mm-hmm. right. So the things that she was good at, he didn't, he Care. negatively valued. <laughs> like, their relationship was fucking doomed. But but it was great while it lasted. Like, That's just it, though. Like, I think about, like, when we saw Jake and Sophia together, you know, I, it's frustrating that they work together, that Jake and Amy work together, because when we saw Jake and Sophia together, they were in full boyfriend-girlfriend mode at all times. And, like, I think that's the thing that I'm missing. It's like, I would like to see them and not just be told about them, like, cuddling and watching Property Brothers. And we saw a glimpse of that in this episode. Them, like, lying on the mattress, holding hands, was the cutest fucking shit they've done since they made out in the fucking uh, evidence lockup. Yeah, there's been a, there's been kind of an absence of intimacy between them. And at I, least on-screen intimacy. Right! And it's fucking frustrating! <laughs> yeah, but, like, our sexual frustrations aside... <laughs> I will say that during the uh, mattress hopping scene, I thought a continuity error, which is that at some point Jake put his shoes back on. Which is just irresponsible. Yeah. Anyway. Um, I But what I was saying is, like, I think that Amy, like, wanted a more intense relationship than she had with Teddy. But, and is really serious about Jake. But I think Jake is moving too fast. Like, he keeps accelerating past milestones. Well, yeah. And I think it's in big part because Jake's known how he's felt about her longer than she has known how she felt about him. Yeah, but I think it's not just that. I mean, I think that she's slightly more cautious, which is fine. And, like, she does feel like she could commit to him, but they've still only been dating for a couple months. Yeah. Like, I think that the mattress stuff is her, like, working up to, like, a place where she could consider moving in with him. Yeah. But he keeps being, like, obviously we're in love as a joke. But also that's real. <laughs> I'm not surprised that she has cold feet. I don't blame her for it. I I suspect that will be why they break up the first time. Because they're going to break up at least once. Yeah, I, I actually... Oh, it really kills me to say this, but I was thinking today earlier that I would not be surprised if they broke up before the end of the season. Yeah, because, like, if I'm right, they also have to do it before Amy's too invested. 
Yeah. But, like, Amy's... Amy's putting herself out there here. Like, we have to remember that more than Jake, Amy got into this because her feelings got a little ahead of her. I don't think she has room to breathe, honestly. I don't think she's had, like... I don't think her feelings have caught up to Jake's. No, they haven't. I think they have the same potential depth, but they aren't there yet. And that's very dangerous for a relationship. In which case, then, all of my angry complaining is actually on point. It's just that it's on point in a different way. Sure. Like, right? Like, my, my constant. It's fine to be angry about the situation they're in, but it's not really her fault. Sure, sure. It's not. You're right. And, and, and a big part of that is all the things that I keep being like, well, Jake did this. She should reciprocate. Well, she can't. If he keeps upping the stakes. I also think everyone around them needs to stop fucking telling them what to do. Who? I think everyone needs to stop telling them what to do. I think it's, um... Especially... Well, Charles can fuck right off. Sure. <laughs> Charles Charles is a little too a voice of the fandom, which is funny and unnerving in equal measure. Like, fandom is not... Fandom... Fandom is wrong about relationships. Sorry, fandom. I <laughs> kind of hit me a little hard, bit in the heart place there, Carl. I'm just saying, like, so in aggregate, right, fandom tends to want gratification. I agree. Is that fair? Yes. Relationships aren't entirely or even mostly about gratification. Well, I think. I agree. And I mean, Jake, they're, they're about fulfillment. And Jake's Jake's line about them falling asleep while watching Property Brothers or whatever, or like right after that was very fulfilling to me. Like yeah. as a fan, I really I I was so happy to like get that detail. Um, but I agree. Like I don't necessarily think that 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 fandom at, in aggregate as you say appreciates those little things i think that's all we've got yeah i mean i can i can i'm i'm mulling over and maybe we'll revisit this around christmas or whatever but I, I do want to mull over um, this this idea that, like, the root of my frustrations, I i.e. that Amy isn't being as demonstrative or reciprocal reciprocal in in her feelings with Jake, um, is by design. That I really want to explore and think about and 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 sort of, you know, hold in my hand and and play with for a while. Yeah. I also think that it's worth considering, no, Amy's not being reciprocal. Could she be? Should she be? I don't, I don't think so. I mean, I think that Jake, like, you know, I've also been in relationships where I felt more committed faster. And it's really fucking hard. Well, the only way you make things last in that situation is if you dial yourself back enough and wait for the other person to catch up. That's the only way to make it work. Yeah, and I don't know if Jake is capable of doing that. Yeah, Jake has um, no self-control whatsoever. <laughs> Which is why he's already across the room eating cake. Um, I want to end on a good note. Um, I, I will say that it was... A, it, I mentioned that like there were a few things in the, in the rewatch that sort of changed my mind or that I had to sort of reevaluate and one of those things is that scene in the car at the end the act four basically where he says uh where he says that he's worried that she'll figure out that she's orangina and he's orange soda and she says but you're orangina and i thought that was really nice like that was that was a piece of what i've been wanting from amy for a while yeah 
like, it's important for this show to establish that, like, if Jake's thing is that he's worried she's better than him, which I don't believe. Correct. Uh, like, I find it hard to believe that that's what his thing is, but, you know, whatever. Do what you like, show. If that's actually his thing, then Amy should be totally capable of putting that to rest, because she does think he's, like, more than good enough. I, I don't see it as necessarily that she thinks she's better than him. I think it's more that he sees that she could do better than him. Yeah, I think she thinks that he's better than he is. Yes. Yeah, and I, I didn't appreciate Holt re- asking her in front of Jake, is this who you want to be with? <laughs> that was that was that was dark. <laughs> that was rude as fuck. And like her expression and Jake's like nonchalance in that scene just really fucking got me. I don't know what it is about that specific scene. The Will Short scene. I mean, her her face is absolutely, I was not prepared for that from you, sir. No, I was not prepared for that from you, sir. Like, Jesus. I, that, I thought that was super rude. Especially because Holt then meddles more and tells Jake what to do to like. Damn it, Holt. I. Uh, Damn it. I can't. I can't. I, I. Everyone's meddling is going to be like Rosa will meddle, and that'll be the end of it. I don't know, but I did. I did like Amy being like, "No, you're Orangina." Now Jake's response not so not so great, but the sentiment was there, and I that was the piece. And Jake's always been had had difficulty with emotions. <laughs> yes. Yeah, he is uncomfortable with emotions, and. Yeah, but it was it was a piece of what I've been wanting. And I think I I I hope next time we can talk more about like sh- the 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 idea of like can Amy reciprocate? Like is she capable of that and should she? Cuz I think that's a really interesting conversation as well. But I also think that I have to go meet someone for dinner. So from both of us to all of you, this has been Back in the Field. My name is Arthi. My name is Carl. Um, thanks for listening, and we'll see you probably next month. I think we're going to take a long break here because we both kind of need it. So we'll talk to y'all later, but we'll cover more ground then. So we'll come back stronger, indeed, much stronger and less ill, or, hopefully, or at least fuller after Thanksgiving. All right, cool. Okay, bye, everyone. Bye. <laughs>